Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, welcome to the podcast. Today's show is called Senior Housing 101, and this show is going to be packed with a ton of information. This is a show I've wanted to do for a while because it's probably the number one question that I get from people. There's so much confusion out there about senior housing, all the different types. Um, People a lot of times just think, nursing home they call they call every type of senior housing a nursing home so i really want to take the time to break down what each type of senior housing community looks like what the amenities are um how old you have to be to live there and i'm going to give you an example of an actual person that I have moved into each of these types of communities, I'm changing their names, um, just for privacy reasons. But I just want to show, I think sometimes if you have an example, it makes it a little clearer. So we're just gonna get started. First one, we're going to talk about um, our senior apartments. So what is a senior apartment? You've probably heard the term active aging, 55 plus. So it's a traditional apartment complex for seniors, 55 years of age and better. And they can be anywhere from just a basic, just regular apartment, all the way up to a super luxury, like five-star resort. Um, they all have full kitchens. You have you have your choice, you know, one bedroom, two bedroom, some cases, three bedroom apartment. Um, you would pay your own utilities, your water, your cable, all of that is separate. It is not bundled in. They have activities. Some have more activities than others. Some may have happy hours, cooking classes, art classes, swimming pools. So it just, you know, it depends on the community. There's so many, um, so many different ones, a lot of variety out there for you to choose from. Pets are allowed, typically limited um, on size, and that varies by communities, but most I would say are 25 to 30 pounds on a dog. Cats are, you know, I don't know if cats go up to 30 pounds, but if you have a big cat, I guess it's fine. So these communities are going to be, for the most part, private pay, And I'm not going to get into the details of exactly how much each one costs because there's so much variance um, depending on the area you're in, what type of apartment you're looking at. So just so many different factors. But what I will say is when I say private pay, which I will say a lot throughout this podcast, what what I mean by private pay, what is included in that would be social security income, any pension, savings, Um, IRAs, proceeds from sale of a house, VA, uh, VA aid and attendance is a program a lot of people don't know about. So we'll talk more about that. We're going to do a separate podcast on VA aid and attendance because it's its own, it deserves its own podcast. There's a lot of information with that. 
Uh, Also in private pay, there could be uh, financial assistance from family members. So there are also some senior apartments, and I'll speak for in the state of Texas, that some of these are income-based apartments. I will say in the more populated areas, like, you know, the big areas like Dallas, where I am, there's going to be a long wait list. So I would say at least six months to one year. You do have to qualify and there's paperwork that you do with them that you have to you know, prove what your income is so that you're getting one of these income-based apartments. So in my example for someone who moved into a senior apartment would be a lady I worked with. Her name was Jan, and she was only 57. And she lived in a beautiful, large home. Her kids were grown. She had grandkids. And her husband passed away. He had been ill for several years with cancer. And he passed away. And she just didn't want to be in this big house by herself. And she just wanted to see what else was available. So she thought, I'm going to move into a senior apartment. So she moved into a gorgeous, um, one of the luxury type senior apartments, moved in. And in her mind, this was going to be just temporary until she figured out what she might want to do, you know, buy another house or just kind of figure out what she wanted to do. Well, she got there and she loved it. And I would have loved it too, because this place is seriously like a five-star resort, absolutely gorgeous. And while there, she, um, you know, about, I guess maybe like a year later, she met a gentleman who was also had moved there for the, um, you know, stress-free lifestyle. And they hit it off and ended up getting married. So a little love connection there. Um, They got married and I ran into them maybe about six months ago and they still live in the senior apartment. They never did buy a house. They thought about doing it. But what they love about it is their lifestyle because they like to travel. So um, it's sort of like what they call now the lock and leave lifestyle. So they have this great apartment all their stuff is, you know, safe and secure, and they can take off and go on a two-week cruise or go to Europe. That's where, last time I saw them, that's where they were headed to Europe for a month. Um, so it just ended up being, for their lifestyle, absolutely perfect. And, you know, what a great story. She went, you know, from kind of a sad, obviously sad time in her life, moved to this community and and met someone new and is now traveling and, and doing very well. So that's an example of a senior apartment. Uh, Next example is independent living. And this is a super popular choice. Um, There's also terms that you might hear. It all means the same thing. It's independent living. So there's all-inclusive, all-inclusive retirement community. You might hear it just called a retirement community. Um, You may also hear it referred to as the cruise ship on land. And they, this, this type of community offers apartments. You have your own private apartment. They could be anywhere from a studio-sized apartment, one bedroom, two bedroom. I do have a few that are three bedroom as well. They will typically have a kitchenette only, not a full kitchen, although some do have full kitchens. But I would say on the average, they just have the kitchenettes. And a kitchenette would have a full-size fridge and a freezer, um, sink, and a microwave. And the reason you don't need a full kitchen is because all your meals are included. Different 
communities have different, you know, different ways they do it, but all have, if they're an all-inclusive, they have meal plan options. And like I said, it could vary. It could be three meals a day. It could be two meals a day. You may have set times that you go down for dining and then some have all day type dining. So just a lot of, a lot of variants, you know, a lot of different, different things that work for different people. So I, I like that there's a lot of options out there. In an independent living community, you have housekeeping, usually once a week, and that's included. Um, all of your utilities are included. Usually basic cable is also part of it. What I typically see is the only thing you need to add on is if you want a phone. And most people now just use their cell phone. So there you go, that makes it easy, right? Um, beauty salons are on site. Transportation is included. They usually have a group type transportation as well as scheduled. Like if you have doctor's appointments, you can um, get on their schedule to have them take you to the doctor. Um, activities, lots and lots of activities in these communities. And you can be as active as you want to be. Or, you know, if you really just prefer to stay in your apartment and watch TV and just go down for meals, that's fine. But if you want to be super involved, you could be doing crafts, you could be doing exercise. There's just, they usually have these amazing calendars that just, they're just chock full of things that you can do all day. But again, that's up to you. So they also do activities and um, outings. So outings as a group to museums or restaurants, casinos, shopping, you name it, they, they do it. When, um, you know, right now we're sort of in the midst of COVID, but when we're not, they also bring entertainment in. So there's like great singers who come in and entertain in these communities. There's, um, you know, it could be country, it could be um, like music from the 40s. Elvis is really big in these communities. And um, pets, also allowed. And um, size, again, size varies by the community, but you, I'd say they're typically 30 to 20, 25 to 30 pounds. Some of the independent communities even have areas that are fenced in from your back door, basically. So you could have your pet right there going out this little doggy door. So that makes it super easy. And most of them will also have um, you know, or a lot of them have dog parks now too. These are, for the most part, private pay. And we discussed that earlier, what that means for private pay. What I like about these communities is they are age in place. And what that means is you could move in here and just be fine just getting the meals. But maybe down the road, you need some help with medication reminders or maybe um, maybe help with some bathing assistance or you know different things that that come up. So you can add on what they call like an a la carte healthcare as needed. So you would contract with a personal assistance company and it would pay an extra fee, but they would come in and do whatever you needed them to do. So whether it was medication reminders or a little bathing assistance, whatever it may be, you do pay that extra. But it's a good way to stay in the apartment, con continue the aging in place process until, you know, perhaps maybe that there's more care needed where you might have to transition to assisted living. But it's a great way to stay in independent living as long as possible. And I'll give you an example just because I think it, like I said, it makes more sense when you 
hear an actual real life example. So sweet man I worked with last year, um, I'm just gonna call him Roy. He was 85 and living alone. And he was not eating well, he wasn't cooking. So he was just snacking on whatever he had. He um, had a little dog and he felt like he needed to stay where he was because he couldn't take the dog, which was completely false. He could take the dog with him. (laughs) So um, Roy ended up moving in to an independent living community and he was doing doing very well, having his meals and, and starting to socialize, making some friends. And maybe about six, seven months in, they started noticing he was having a little memory loss and his son noticed he wasn't taking his medication and maybe he wasn't washing his clothes as often as he needed to. So what we did, we just added on some services for him. So he gets the medication reminders now, and which actually helped him so much because now that he's taking his medication, some of these other things went away. But then we also had someone going in to remind him, you know, let's let's wash some clothes, kind of help him with that part of it. And you can always add on it's not included laundry service, but you can add that on and pay extra just to have them go ahead and wash your clothes for you. Or you can continue doing that yourself if you enjoy doing laundry, which some people do, but I am not one of those people. <laughs> I would add that laundry service on. Our third type of senior housing is assisted living. So assisted living is going to be everything that you just got in independent living. So you're going to have your apartment with the kitchenette, three meals a day included, housekeeping, beauty salon on site, utilities all included, um, activities, plus laundry service is included in assisted living. You can also have your pet with you if you can care for it. Now, some of the assisted livings, if you can no longer care for the pet, you can pay extra and they will care for the pet for you. But you just, you know, it's better if you can still care for the pet yourself. But there are options in some communities if you can't. Uh, these are going to be private pay the majority of the time as well. I would say in Texas, at least probably 99% of the time, these are private pay. The way assisted living works, the price is broken down into two parts. So you have the cost of your apartment. So Say you selected a one bedroom apartment, that would be, you know, whatever the cost of that is. And that would include your meals, all the things we talked about earlier, utilities, housekeeping, all of that. Then the second part of it is what they call level of care. And that is going to be determined by a nurse. And she would meet once you've you know, selected, yeah, this is the community we want to move to, that we love this assisted living, then the nurse does an assessment to see what your care charges would be. And care could include so many different things. So it could be maybe you need medication reminders or medication management, incontinence care, maybe there's some memory loss, you need some memory care bathing or dressing assistance, mobility assistance, maybe help, you know, transferring, maybe you need some help getting out of your bed into the wheelchair and vice versa. So those are some things that they could do. So they would, the nurse would meet with you, figure out all the care, make your, you know, plan of care and that whatever that price came to would be added on to the cost of the apartment. So that's how they determine what your pricing is in assisted living. An example of assistant living is a lady um, a couple of years ago that I helped. Her name was Nan. 
and she was 90. She was living by herself at home. She had been doing really well, but she fell and broke her hip, which unfortunately is, you know, a story we hear over and over again. She was a little frail to begin with, obviously, she was 90. And so after breaking her hip, she there was just no way that she could return home. She went to rehab and, and did as much as she could. But there was just no way she could do everything she did prior to falling. So she was using a walker, but still very unsteady coming out of rehab with the walker. So, um, you know, she was a, a fall risk and she needed help with bathing and dressing. And, you know, we kind of determined that she really wasn't taking her medications like she should have. And she, of course, needed meals as well. So she's a perfect candidate for assisted living. She moved into, if I remember correctly, she had a studio-sized apartment. We got her care all set up, and she is thriving and doing well now. She's became very social, made some good friends, and is doing well in that community. Um, next type is memory care. And memory care is you're going to get everything that you would in assisted living. But here's the difference between memory care and assisted living. Memory care is a locked or secured environment. So in this community, they're built, a lot of them are purpose built for dementia, Alzheimer's care only. And the people there may, not all, but some may have been trying to wander. And so they need to be in a community where they cannot get out, where they are safe and they can't wander and, you know, have something horrible happen. So a lot of times, well, actually, what I like about memory cares is that they put a lot of thought into these communities and a lot of research with the Alzheimer's Association and, and what type of activities are going to work specifically for people with dementia, the, you know, the lighting, the width and of length of the hallways. I mean, they do a lot of research. It's really very interesting um, how they come up with these communities. And uh, so they're wonderful for people who have been diagnosed, you know, with Alzheimer's or dementia, and really are not safe to be in an assisted living community. The, they have apartments, again, you have your own apartment. So they're typically going to be a studio size or even shared, those can be very popular in memory care. They are just one price. So you don't, it's just like a flat rate, and it includes the apartment and the level of care all in one. Some are different, but I'd say on average, most, it's just one price coming in, one flat rate. They can do, you know, all the things we talked about, like in assisted living, they can help with incontinence care if they're in a wheelchair, getting in and out of the wheelchair, uh, bathing, dressing, all their meals are included. They do their laundry. They have beauty salons there as well, and they have activities, as I said, that are specific for people with dementia. In these type of communities, we are not going to see pets allowed there that I don't know, I can't think of any that allow you to bring your own pet. There are a couple that have pets that belong to the community that live there, but as for bringing your own pet, I can't think of any that would allow you to do that. It's just too much, too much care involved. And as I said, these are going to be private pay as well. Um, good example of a memory care. So gentleman, uh, Jim that I worked with, he was 78. And he had been living in an assisted living. And he did great there. I believe he was there maybe about three years. But 
he had some dementia when he moved in, but it had progressed during, you know, over time, as it does. And he started getting to the point where he couldn't find his apartment. He was walking into his neighbor's apartments. He was getting a little ornery about it. Like, you know, you're in my apartment or I don't live here. You know, just a lot of confusion. Um, And then one day he left the building, went out to the parking lot and was looking for his car. And he did not have a car. He hadn't driven in many years, but he didn't remember that. He thought he had a car and he was very upset looking for his car. And at that point, they said, oh, no, we need to go to a memory care. So we moved him to a memory care where it's secure environment and they're keeping him really um, active and and. And he's not trying to exit seek or go into his neighbor's apartment. So that was a good fit for him. That's an example of memory care. We also have communities that are assisted living and memory care. So the way these are set up, you have one side of it is assisted living. And then the other side is going to be just memory care. And it is secure, just like a memory care. So What is super cool about this is just the one, you have the ease of transition. So if you move in, maybe like our friend Jim, had he been in an assisted living memory care community, he would have started in assisted living. When he started having these issues, getting more and more confused, they could have just transitioned him within the same community into the memory care. So that's kind of the beauty of it. It's sort of that whole age in place. And let's just kind of you stay in one one place and you're not having to make a big move to another community. They're also a great option for couples. And so like if one one person in the couple just needs assisted living, but the other maybe has some memory issues and really needs to be in a secure environment. So that would be a great um, community for the for a couple in that situation. And I do have an example. So I had a couple Carl and Jenny. And Carl was 88. Jenny was a little bit younger. I think she was like 86. And they had been living in their own home. And Carl was taking care of Jenny, not really telling the family. I mean, the family knew, but they didn't know how bad it was because what's typical in couples, one will cover up for the other because they want to stay home. They want to, you know, they love their spouse they've been with for 50 years or whatever. So they're kind of covering up how bad it actually is. Well, unfortunately, um, well, or fortunately, Carl actually, you know, he was becoming so exhausted caring for Jenny because she was not sleeping at night, which is you know, typical. (laughs) So she was not sleeping. He was not getting rest. And so one night he woke up and couldn't find her. And he's searching the house frantically for her. The door was still locked. So he knew she hadn't gone out. Well, he finally finds her and she's in the garage and she had been in there. He didn't know, you know, how long, but walking around the garage in circles, distraught because she couldn't figure out how to get back in the house. And I mean, just absolutely heartbreaking. And, you know, Carl realized I I can't keep this up. So they, you know, decided to look for a place and and this was perfect for them to go to a community that had the assisted living for Carl. So he moved in to the assisted living side, and he gets meals and transportation because he really shouldn't have been driving anymore. So he gave up driving. And he's doing great. He's, you know, he's 
that stress of being the caregiver is gone. He is now just being Jenny's husband. So he's over in his apartment in assisted living. Jenny is in the memory care of the same community. She's doing great. She's having all of her needs met. And then Carl, all he does is, you know, he just can walk over, go in through these, there's like a, you know, a code to get in. He goes into the memory care side he can visit with Jenny, they can have a meal together. So they get their time together, but then he can go back to his apartment, he can do activities. They're in assisted living, he can go on outings. And he is like I said, he's just back to being Jenny's husband, he's not her caregiver anymore. So that's the beauty of an assisted living memory care community. And of course, that is private pay as well residential care homes, we're going to go on to the next type. So residential care homes are actually one of my favorites. And they are sometimes called group homes, or care homes, there's different terms you hear. And uh, these have really grown in popularity. Uh, When I got into senior living 13 years ago, I had never ever heard of a care home. And I I wasn't really sure what to make of them until I started visiting some and I'm like, okay, I get it now. This is pretty cool. So you would never know, like maybe there may even be one in your neighborhood and you would have no idea. So they're just a regular home that has been taken over and usually run by, a lot of them are run by nurses or nurse practitioners and they have converted it into a home that's you know, where they care for seniors. And there's no sign out. So you would drive by and have no idea at all. So they take anywhere from typically in Texas, and I'll just, you know, I'll say it like this, because what I know, (laughs) for, for real, for sure. So in Texas, typically three to eight residents, some have, you know, take more. And in Texas, you have to be licensed if you have more than three residents that you take. If you're under three, you don't have to be licensed. And what I mean by licensed, I mean like all assisted livings and memory cares are licensed through the state. So they get the um, inspections and different things like that. So with a um, with a group home, they're a really, really great option for someone who is a higher level of care. So maybe they're a fall risk, they're in a wheelchair, they are very, very frail, memory issues, you know, dementia, some of them are even secure, like a memory care. So you know, if someone is exit seeking, they will be safe because it is a locked community. Um, They have more of a homey feel to them. So that's very appealing to some people, especially if you're someone who is not super outgoing and social, and you don't really want to be with a ton of people that can a care home can be a super option for that. Um, They do all your meals are included. Um, You know, it's just every everything housekeeping, obviously, you would live. um, It's like a bedroom. So it'd be like a regular think of your house basically look around a bedroom and that would be what you have. Um, So some would be in a master bedroom and that sometimes those are great if they have it available for a couple because then they have the master bedroom and the shower. The showers in these care homes have been um, redone so that they're roll-in showers. So if you're in a wheelchair, you've got the ease of just rolling into a shower. You don't have to worry about a bathtub or, you know, whatever. Um, 
So like I said, they're they're a great option and a lot of people don't know about them. What I also really like about the care homes is that they can be a less expensive option. So if someone has a lot of care needs, you know, they may be priced out to go to an assisted living or a memory care. And the care homes, especially the ones that offer some, you know, shared rooms, you can really get the, you know, a very, very good price for people who are budget conscious. So I like that a lot that you can get some very, you know, very high level of care. It'll be something they can afford. Uh, No pets at these type of communities, obviously, Um, it'd be very hard in, you know, a smaller type environment. Um, and I'm just gonna give you an example, because I think, again, like I said, examples make it a little easier to envision. So Tom was a gentleman I worked with, and he was about 92. He was living in an independent living community, and he was thriving and and just doing great. But then, you know, as life does, (laughs) throws you a curveball, and he had a stroke. And it was a pretty significant stroke. It affected um, his mobility. He was in a wheelchair, and he needed help going, you know, from the wheelchair to his bed and vice versa. It also left him with a little bit of memory loss. And he had already been struggling with um, vision and hearing issues. So there was just no way he could stay in independent living, even adding on services. So he was needing help with, uh, let's see, bathing, dressing, getting, um, like I said, getting in and out of his wheelchair. He um, just needed so much. And he was, you know, he wasn't a guy who needed a lot of activities, socialization. He was pretty okay, just kind of, you know, hanging out, um, playing on his computer and watching TV. So I worked with his daughter and we found a care home that was just perfect for him. And he, it worked with his budget too. And he is now living in this care home. And the funny thing is (laughs) this particular home, it's mostly, I think it's all women right now. And he's the only man and he absolutely loves it because all of the women love him and all kind of cater to him. So (laughs) it's good to be him. So the last type we are going to talk about is a nursing home. And that is the one, like I said, most people, that's kind of their go-to, what everyone thinks when you think senior housing, they automatically think, oh, mom needs a nursing home. And I hope that you can see now by all the different types we've talked about that you have a lot of options, not just limiting you to a nursing home. So I'm going to give you a little more detail about what a nursing home is and a couple of examples as well. So a nursing home, you may hear that term, you may hear uh, skilled nursing, uh, rehab center. And so the way it works in in most nursing homes or skilled nursing, it, there's two sides to it. So you have the rehab, right? So the rehab is where you're going to go short term. That's like, say, for example, you had a stroke or hip replacement or, you know, some kind of surgery that you go from the you're in the hospital for three days, and then you go on for rehab. And that is covered by your Medicare which is like your life insurance and or not life insurance, like your health insurance. Oh my goodness. So this is where people get super confused, Medicare and Medicaid. And we're going to do a whole show about that to break it down because it is confusing. So just think of it this way. So rehab, you're there for short term and your Medicare is going to cover that stay. 
If you want it to stay there long-term, you could choose to live there. So there's one side that's your short-term rehab. The other side is the people who live there long-term. You could private pay. Um, It's typically going to be one of the more expensive options. And like you just heard, you have a lot of other options to choose from. So if you're private paying, you might want to consider some other options first. Or this is where you might qualify for Medicaid. And Medicaid is if you meet, you would have to meet certain financial and physical criteria to even qualify to move into a nursing home on Medicaid. Hope that made sense. And like I said, I'm going to give some examples. So I hope that'll make it even clearer. So no pets at the nursing homes, Um, all your meals, are included activities, you know, housekeeping, laundry service, everything's taken care of. It's you don't have a kitchen or kitchenette, it's just basically a room. Nursing homes, you know, they're going to have a little more of a clinical feel to them just because of, you know, their nursing homes. So it's it's not like a a feeling of like your own apartment, it definitely has a more clinical feel to it. I'm going to give you two examples, and they're actually both from my own life. And the first one is going to be the short-term rehab with Medicare covering it. So my stepfather, um, Joe, he's 81. And earlier this year, he had some heart issues and turned out, you know, he needed to have a triple bypass. So he had triple bypass surgery. And then he went to a rehab, a cardiac rehab, and he was there for, I think, two or three weeks. I don't remember exactly how long. So he went for the short-term rehab, and his Medicare covered that. And then he returned home, and you know he's, he's doing much better now. The second example is going to be a Medicaid example. So my mother-in-law, um, Opal, and actually my husband and I were engaged we weren't even married when this happened Uh, so we were very young we were in our 20s his mother was only 63 and she developed a brain tumor that it started with um, a tumor or cancer in her lungs and had metastasized to her brain so they removed the brain tumor successfully however it caused significant short-term memory loss. Um, You know, I'd say like dementia, and she needed help with bathing and dressing. She was still walking fine. um, But you know, she had all these other issues, and she was terminal with her cancer. She was only six. Well, she was she was 63. And at that time, this was in the 80s, 63, you did qualify for um, social Security. Now it's you have to be 65 for Social Security. So she, her Social Security was only 1200 a month. She had no savings. She had no property to sell. She had no family to help. Like I said, you know, we were still very young in our 20s. And um, so she was a perfect candidate for Medicaid. And she did qualify for Medicaid and Medicaid paid for her care. So she stayed there long term. I think she was there maybe like eight, nine months before she passed away. Um, but that is an example of the, the difference in the two. So short-term rehab, Medicare, <laughs> long-term private pay or Medicaid if you qualify. So I hope with these examples, I made that clear. As you can see, there's so many different types of housing and Not only do we have all the different types of senior housing, which I hope I've made a little clearer for you, 
But each one has its own feel to it and amenities. And, you know, it's just kind of like it comes down to personal choice, sort of like if you're looking for independent living, it's sort of like when you buy a house, you walk in and some could be perfectly nice houses, but it's just not the one for you. It just doesn't make you go, yeah, I get warm fuzzies. But it's kind of the same thing when you find the right community that fits and you feel comfortable with, you feel like, yeah, these are my people. That's how, you know, it's kind of the same thing. And what I do and what I suggest you do, I suggest that you not just go Google places. I suggest that you work with someone and that's, that is what I do in my business. I work with people, we find out, you know, what exactly is going on? What kind of, are there care needs involved? What is the budget? What area do you want to be in? What kind of hobbies do you enjoy? So for example, if your mom, you know, she loves gardening, and she loves going to the casino. Well, I know this great community that has a beautiful gardening area, they have a gardening club, and they go once a month to the casino in Oklahoma. So it's sort of like being a little bit of a matchmaker, and helping you find the right community. Because there's, like I said, there's so many out there. And there's one that will fit, you know, pretty much everyone's personality and budget. So hope that helps. I hope I've cleared that up. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, actually, and to educate people on are all the senior housing options, because there are so many things, so many options out there, and don't feel like you have to be limited um, to just a nursing home. <laughs> so I hope that was um, a good education. I guess we'll say. So if you have questions, I am always available to answer them. And if you personally need help locating a senior housing community, I am here for you as well. And it is a free service. If there's something that you would like for me to talk about, um, a topic that you really want to learn more on, please send me a message. I would be happy to see about scheduling someone bringing an expert in to talk about it if it's not something I am an expert on. And like I said, we're going to do some future shows on the whole Medicare, Medicaid, and also what the VA benefit is. And I think you'll find those really interesting too. So hope you've enjoyed it. I'm so glad that you joined us today and I will see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.